I'm Austin Fontanella, and you're listening to Cancer Mythbusters, a podcast from Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. In this episode, we're discussing how to address symptoms through nutrition. It's no secret, cancer treatments are powerful. They have to be in order to be effective. It's also no secret that these same life-saving drugs can also harm healthy cells in the body, which can lead to adverse side effects. It's not uncommon for patients to feel nauseous or experience a loss of appetite. While there are medications you can take to address these symptoms, oftentimes certain foods or adjustments in one's eating habits can have the same effect. So what are the nutrition tips and tricks, so to speak, that can help patients cope with side effects? To answer that, we're joined by Dana-Farber senior nutritionist Stacy Kennedy. Stacy will tell us how you can use certain foods to help manage the common side effects of cancer treatment and minimize the impact they have on your quality of life. Stacy, thank you so much for joining us. Great to be here. I touched on this, but can you give us a little more information as to why patients experience side effects as a result of treatment? Sure. So the causes really can be a lot of different reasons, whether it's side effects from chemotherapy, radiation treatment, surgery, even the cancer itself can have a side effect that nutrition can help with. For example, with chemo, as you mentioned, uh, sometimes people can feel nauseous. Fatigue is absolutely one of the number one side effects, and that's very common with radiation treatment as well. Obviously, with surgery, there's a need for healing. And GI symptoms we also see, whether it's kind of a sore throat from radiation treatment for lung cancer or difficulty with like gas and changes in bowel movements from either radiation or chemotherapy. So it's really important to kind of talk to the patient and find out the details on the symptoms so we can come up with a very targeted uh, suggestion. Now I know we want to go through a couple of symptoms, but just is there a certain treatment that you usually hear a lot about, like I'm experiencing X because I undergo this treatment? There are. I mean, we can look at the list of like chemotherapy or immunotherapy treatments and have a sense of what those side effects will be. But it really is often more than one happening. And then there's the individual's experience. So like with taste changes, they're really common, but it could be different kinds of taste changes. So we can get into that for sure. All right, perfect. Let's just kind of go then rapid fire. I'll give you a symptom. You can give us some tips on how to combat it. Sure, sounds good. All right, let's first go with uh, with nausea. Yeah, so with nausea, again, that's a very common side effect that we hear. And both an empty stomach and a full stomach can trigger nausea. So not everybody is aware of that, that, you know, when you're nauseous, you don't feel like eating, but not eating can actually make the nausea worse. So getting on like a frequent eating pattern can be really helpful for somebody feeling nauseous. Also, lemon and ginger have natural anti-nausea properties. So those are great flavors to add into water, to add into recipes, even smelling a lemon sometimes patients say helps them feel a little less nauseous or using like lemon aromatherapy in the room. When you mentioned an empty stomach can also cause nausea, you can't combat that maybe drinking water or something. Are you saying you should actually probably 
eat something. <laughs> right. Actually, drinking water would probably make it worse because uh-huh. um, you're just like adding fluid to this like empty stomach. So sometimes for patients, keeping like crackers next to your bed or like a rice cake and kind of nibbling a little bit before you even get up or having like a lemon candy or like a lemon tea that you can kind of sip a little bit might help. But having every two or three hours like a bite of something. And many patients find that easy to digest foods, which do tend to be carbohydrate foods, foods with salt, so like crackers or toast or bagels or pretzels, things like that. Potatoes can often help with nausea. So don't feel badly if you want to include some of those foods. Um, And the last thing I'll say is smell and nausea. So chemotherapy can sometimes affect how a person kind of perceives taste and smell. So the smell of a lot of things all at once, like a food court, Okay. Or uh, animal protein cooking, like chicken or meat or fish. Sometimes the patient is like hyper aware of those smells, and it really shuts off appetite or makes them nauseous. So having the patient, if they're experiencing that, not be the one cooking or kind of being out of the house, opening a window, trying to get the smell away so it doesn't contribute can be helpful too. And you mentioned it, you know, you, you need to eat something to help combat that nausea. But what if you just aren't hungry? Like, how do you address that loss of appetite? It's hard, right? There's kind of the mental focus, I would say, of thinking of food and nutrition as a medicine, as part of your treatment. So it's really about having a schedule and getting yourself to follow the schedule, but giving yourself permission to have the amount that feels right in the moment. So eating every two or three hours like it's your full-time job, kind of setting an alarm to go off because that internal drive might be dampened is helpful, but then you might only want to take one bite, two bites, that's fine. So it's kind of the caregiver's job to help provide food, encourage the schedule, but only the patient knows the right amount to eat in the moment and give yourself permission to stick with the schedule but not have to finish everything. Okay, so it can be as simple as maybe one or two crackers just to keeping yourself on that schedule. Exactly, yes. And that will kind of help wake the appetite up a little bit in terms of just expecting some some food. And what about undesired weight changes? So for undesired weight loss, that eating very often schedule helps, obviously, um, and then adding in healthy, high-calorie foods. So including things like avocado, nuts, nut butters, a little like extra olive oil, really making sure you're getting those extra healthy calories. If you have dairy, maybe you choose like a whole milk variety for yogurt or cottage cheese instead of skim milk. So you want to kind of maximize the density of calories. The opposite is true for unwanted weight gain. Then you'd want to really focus on making sure there's a lot of nutrient density, but also less calories, more fiber, more protein. So kind of looking to have you know, plant-based healthy foods throughout the day and making sure, again, you know, to help lose weight if you've gained weight, you know, due to treatment and it's like amount of weight that you want to lose, doing that in a healthy way is going to be really helpful. So hydration, exercise, those are going to be important too. In terms of the weight changes, does it ever make sense to keep like a log of what you've been eating just so you can track it uh, for patients? Yeah, that can really help. The journal is like a targeted tool. It's like if you try to do it every day indefinitely, it's really tedious. It's kind of frustrating. But keeping a log to get some information and discovery can be incredibly helpful for the person trying to gain weight or with a low appetite. 
knowing that you have to write it down does sometimes help you stay on that schedule. So yeah, I think it's something we definitely recommend at times. Moving to something maybe a little less glamorous, um, yes. bowel irregularities. Okay. I know that's probably something you hear about a lot. And are there some general tips you have for patients going through that? Yeah. And again, it, it will depend. And, and those are great things to talk about one-on-one with your nutritionist, all the fun you know, topics for gas and for reflux and bloating. Making sure not to have too much roughage or fiber actually is important. So kind of doing more cooked vegetables or fruits that you have to peel like a melon or a banana versus like a lot of roughage like celery and, and salads, for example. For people with constipation, you know, you want all the veggies, all the fruits, having those whole grains. There's also senna-based tea, like smooth move tea, which can be a helpful for constipation, being hydrated, movement, so walking is something really helpful, and avoiding too much like air. So sometimes drinking through a straw, having carbonated beverages, those can contribute to gas because you're just, you're taking in more air. So you could even be eating or drinking the same thing and maybe you get rid of the straw? (laughs) Yeah, and eating slowly and drinking slowly, like the schedule and eating slowly and drinking slowly are some of the hardest things for anybody to change. And those can make a really big impact though. So we want to take our time for sure. All right. um, Moving right along now, what about if you're experiencing fatigue? So everything we talked about will help fatigue. Exercise and movement is the number one medicine for fatigue. So when you're tired, it does not sound like you would want to get up and move. So you don't need to go do like a workout, but being mobile is really going to help. So whether you're doing like a five-minute walk around your house, going outside and getting fresh air for 10 minutes, getting that movement in your day will really help with fatigue as well as the small frequent meals, the fruits and veggies, the hydration, the protein, all those things we talked about. And I know even on, you know, smart watches or a Fitbit or something, you can get the remind me to get up and move. And is it kind of do the same thing, maybe a schedule for, for movement as well? Yeah, it's almost like move, eat, rest, repeat, or it might not be in that order. You can pick your own order. But yes, that kind of an idea would be really helpful. All right. What about mouth sores or if you're having trouble swallowing foods? Having foods that are soft with moisture can really help, and sometimes foods with one texture. So dry foods like bread might be challenging for swallowing difficulty. So someone might want to have like the egg salad or chicken salad or tuna salad without the bread, for example, just the middle. Or having like mashed potatoes instead of rice. Even though rice is soft, it's in pieces. So sometimes for swallowing difficulty, we'll go through things like that, including things like avocado or like a gravy or a sauce that has moisture is really going to help. Dry foods are harder to swallow. With the mouth sores, that can be true as well. And it's really about avoiding things that would aggravate your mouth sores. So anything really salty, really spicy, really acidic, like with citrus, those are going to be tough for mouth sores. You want cooler, more softer food. So that like avocado, again, would be something that might be helpful. Okay. And I guess if you're going we're just making it really difficult for you because we're saying, what if you have a mouth sore, but you're also feeling nausea? Maybe, is there any kind of like super combination you can do for that? Oh yeah, and like this is the most fun part of meeting with patients is listening to all of those details and like what kind of food allergies do you also have on top of that or preferences or access and then coming up with something. There's always an answer. There's always a way of coming up with a plan. So that's really what we like to sit and do. But I would say like quickly, I would see a lot of mashed potatoes in your future if that were like your situation. <laughs> 
situation. <laughs> now, you talked about this at the very beginning. Um, sometimes when you undergo treatment, the taste changes, and maybe things don't taste like they used to, and your favorite food isn't your favorite anymore. I mean, is there a way to kind of address that and really make it work for you? Absolutely. So when you're underhydrated, those taste changes can be worse. So again, getting that hydration, you hear it over and over, is super important. Water often doesn't taste good. So assuming you don't have mouth sores, adding like lemon or orange can really help make the water more palatable or taking like 100% juice and doing like an ounce or two to flavor your water. Sour and tart flavors can help cut through some of the taste issues. So looking for pomegranate or kiwi or citrus or ginger, those kind of uh, flavor profiles might be really helpful. For anyone with a metal taste, which is a, a common side effect, anything that touches metal that you ingest, you're going to pick up on it. So like cans or sodas, even silverware. So looking to use like plastic or uh, chopsticks or glass silverware, looking to avoid aluminum foil, you know, use a different kind of a packaging. So avoiding metal can really help. Sometimes there are certain vitamins that can help, but those are good conversations to have one-on-one with your dietitian. Yeah, I guess I wouldn't have even thought about the silverware and how it's prepared. So if you're a caregiver or you know somebody is going to be making meals for you, that's probably a conversation you should have with them. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, are you having any taste changes? And you know, foods not tasting like they're supposed to is common. And so, like I said, there are a couple supplements we sometimes suggest, but a lot of times it's exploring new foods. It's an opportunity. So yeah, having those conversations is a good starting point. So again, maybe if your favorite food's not your favorite anymore, you might need an alternative and you can always go back when it's all said and done. Exactly. Yes. Now, if someone is experiencing a side effect that we haven't talked about today, how do they go about addressing that and how can they get tips on, on those changes? So we have a lot of tips on our website. So danafarber.org slash nutrition. You can see a lot of tips for managing side effects. We have recipes that are tagged by side effect as well. Um, so you can kind of search through our recipe database, but bring it up. Don't be shy. Ask for a consultation with a dietitian at your facility or go online and look up a dietitian that is also an expert in cancer and try to reach out to get an appointment. Okay. And I think we've talked about this before on some of our other podcasts. Really talk to your dietitian, talk to your nutritionist, make sure you get the information because if you just read something online, probably not the best for you. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Read it, but then bring it to discuss. Yes. All right, Stacey. Well, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. I think this was really informative. Great. Yeah. It was great to be here. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Check out more of our content by searching for Understanding Cancer on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review as this helps others to find the podcast. To learn more about us, visit DanaFarber.org.